Healthy for the Holidays is our series. This is going to lead us into our Christmas series. And, uh, and it, the basis is that um, oftentimes heading into Thanksgiving and Christmas, we want to like try to get remotely healthy because we know how we know how Thanksgiving and Christmas goes when it comes to food and, and even family and interacting with people and, and the, you know, whatever unhealthiness or healthiness you have during the holidays. But we're going we're gonna, to, we're starting that series this morning. I want to start with a story for, for, for you. Uh, it's a story that's in Joshua in the Old Testament. And the setting is that they, uh, they had gathered together. And they had gathered together to lay Moses, to lay him to rest. And I don't know about you, but loss and, and, and death, it hurts. It hurts. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I don't know, but I'm guessing most of us in here at some point have uh, gone through loss of a close friend, a family member, maybe a mentor in our life. And I don't know if, if uh, you've maybe even experienced that recently. It seems, uh, for us, it seems to change things. It seems to cause reflection. It seems to cause analysis in our life and in a new perspective in our life. For them, the people that had gathered, they had been at this exact same spot 40 years earlier. Right? They were, they were tired back then 40 years ago, and they were tired now, fast forward, 40 years later. And at this exact same spot 40 years prior, on the threshold... They had stared down God's promises. They had stared down the land and the life that God had promised to them. Discontent and grumbling had surfaced. Unbelief and lack of trust, doubt and fear. It kept them from stepping into what was promised. The promised land. And out of that produced 40 years of wandering and grumbling and doubt... And along their way, their God had not left them, that their God had provided for them. God did not abandon them. He never cast them off in their wandering. And behind one of the greatest leaders recorded in text, recorded in the Bible, one of the greatest for sure, Moses, they had desired even in that, with Moses' leadership, to go back to slavery, to go back to oppression, to go back to comfort. To, to, they wanted to go back. They didn't want to continue, whether that be comfort and complacency. And for 40 years, Moses led God's wandering people through growth and through understanding, and God provided for them all along the way. Their clothes never wore out. Their feet never swole. God continued to care for them as they wanted. Manna had come down. Water had come from rocks. A cloud during the day had led them, and a fire at night had led them. Some of the greatest displays recorded in the Bible of God's continual presence came at this point. And now their Moses, their, their leader Moses, was laid to rest. And everyone had gathered around, if you can picture it on a hillside, and Moses' casket probably sitting down at the bottom of the hillside, and thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people gathered to honor him, to honor God at that same spot that 40 years later they didn't step into God's promises. 
But now they're on the cusp of what God had promised them, on the border of where God wanted them to go, at the threshold of the healthiest land that they would ever experience. Have you ever wandered in your life for far too long? Like you've felt the desire to do something but like avoided it or you knew that you needed to step into something but then you you like stepped away you continued to like just leave it alone and not deal with it and not not step have you ever wandered in life okay just me i won't ask you to raise your hands i'll just do this on my own um the unwillingness to step into what we need to fulfill and we need to do can you imagine what they felt for 40 years that they had wandered but still, the amazing promise was right in front of them. And I'm sure that promise produced butterflies in them, even in this moment. Even in this latest generation that had risen up as the other generation had died off, it still brought joy and excitement and anticipation. But Moses, like staff rock water Moses, like burning bush Moses, Take your shoes off, you're on holy ground, like Moses, the split the Red Sea, Moses, manna, you know, like, I, I picture it like rosemary, garlic, sourdough bread came from heaven. That's, I mean, that's just what I picture, right? Snake turned to a staff, Moses, now gone, dead. And I wonder what they were feeling, what they were thinking at that time. And God looks at his people much like he looks at us today. And God looks at his people and he appoints Joshua. Joshua to deliver his people into the promise that he had given them. For where they had, where they had stood, where they were standing right there, from where they had come from, from what they had experienced, Joshua was appointed to lead them into the promised land. And in Joshua 1.9 is, is where we're going to land and kind of dissect today. So I want to read that to you this morning. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, let me know. I'd love to get you a Bible that, for you to take home. But this scripture is going to be up there um, on the screen uh, for you if you want to follow along. Uh, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun. He was actually son of somebody. Nun is the name. But uh, Moses' assistant Moses, uh, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over uh, this Jordan and you and all this people into the land that I have given them. To the people of Israel, every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness in this uh, Lebanon, as far as the great river uh, of the Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea towards uh, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you in all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to them, uh, to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you to. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to it all that is written in it. 
for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The promised land. You've probably heard it referred to as the land flowing of milk and honey. And I don't know, like, that doesn't sound attractive to me. Uh, I'm not a big milk drinker, and, uh, you know, I can't remember the last time I used honey on it. I don't drink tea and put, I don't know what else you do with honey, toast. I don't know. But uh, what I did is, is, is I thought about what that displays, and then I found I was totally wrong. So I went with the idea of, like, uh, honey means bees, which to those people at that time meant crops. Like the bees would pollinate all the crops and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and then I thought, well, milk, milk means cattle, which means cow, which means ribeye steaks, because that is the only cut of steak. But then I was prompted by a friend of mine who let me know that it actually wasn't honey from bees. It's honey from dates. And it wasn't milk from cows. It was milk from goats. And I don't, is there a ribeye goat cut? Is there? I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I've never had ribeye goat. Um, but, but what it does mean, what it does mean to these people was crops and cattle, which was everything at that time. That was the currency. That was the desire. That was what was sought after during this time. Dates, sure. Yeah, bunnies, or bunnies, bunnies don't pollinate anything. Bees probably pollinated the, the crops and all that kind of stuff, but whatever happened, it produced dates, which was a crop that then produced the honey, which meant that that land was amazing for crops. Milk was produced not from cows, but from goats, and what meant there is that land was thriving with cattle. And what that got, to me, got me thinking about today, this week and the last couple weeks, is this land flowing of milk and honey. What is that for you? What is milk and honey for us? I posed this question to a handful of people that uh, this week is like, what is it? What is it? What is milk and honey for us? And some of the stuff that came to mind for me and, and, and some of the people that I discussed this with was this idea of purpose and meaning. If you know my story, I didn't come from a totally broken life of drugs and addiction and all that kind of stuff, but I came from a purposeless life to a purposeful life when I gave my life to Christ at 18. Is our milk and honey to know and be known? As believers, as followers of Christ, is it to know, to know Christ's heart? to know of him and how much he desires and loves us. And then for us to be known, known by our peers, known intimately by our God, for him to know and for us to understand just how much he knows us. Is it influence? Is it understanding? In a world that is crazy and chaotic and, and, and like everything's going on where we don't have a lot of answers, is it influence and 
understanding in our lives that we desire? Is that the milk and honey? What is it for you? See, God writes these promises, and they're scattered all throughout Scripture. And the promises are to God's people while Moses is being honored and, and Joshua is about to swing into power. These promises of never leaving and never forsaking us, the promises that he'll be with us, the promises that uh, to be strong and courageous as Joshua swings into power and Moses having uh, led upwards of a million people at this point to this spot where now he is dead, and it seems like at this moment, in this service, after the last text or scripture was read, and the, and the last prayer was prayed in this memorial to one of the greatest leaders ever, it seems like everybody turns to Joshua and says, now what? Now what? How do you follow that? How do you follow the expectations that often we feel from our, that we feel from our God or from peers or from measuring up to other people or from whatever the world throws at us? How do we fall? It's like the number, I've been watching a lot of baseball. It's like the number five hitter. If you don't have, if you don't have a good five hitter, your three, four hitters are pretty trash because they can just pitch around them, right? Or it's like, you know, how do you follow Russell Wilson? Like, he's out. We're in a back. Is it too soon to, no? All right, anyways, Right? It's how do you follow that? And God gives them this. God gives them these promises in the first, it's the first nine verses, but it's really about four of the verses that he gives us. For us right now, these promises are shared. And they're written all throughout Scripture. These Scriptures are the promises that, that we will get into here. And this is God preparing his people for what is next. Preparing his people for the promised land. And I believe God is, is always preparing his people for what is next. He's preparing us for what is next right now. God wants to prepare us to, uh, for us in our future. God wants these last 19 or 20 months, however you want to measure whatever's been going on in your life, and he wants us to be prepared for what we're going to walk into next. Right? He wants to take our past 15 years uh, of work, maybe. He wants to take our past 20 years of marriage. He wants to take our last couple years of whatever it is that you're going through, of children, of raising children, or life in general, and he wants to prepare you for what's next. And maybe it's been four months or four years or 40 years of wandering for you around some certain idea that you have going on in your life. But God wants us to step into the track of being healthy, spiritual, spiritually healthy, right? relationally healthy. And, and, and let me say this, healthy isn't a spot we arrive at. Like, we don't just arrive at healthy, and then we're like, we're here. We got here. We achieved all healthiness, right? That isn't it. Healthy isn't a perfect life. Healthy isn't a life with no problems. Healthy, healthy isn't a life that's always on track. 
It's healthy isn't getting like not getting lost or not being alone. Healthy isn't never being sick or never slipping up or or never losing it. In fact, if we think about it, if you do any sort of this is funny. Colby was reading my notes for like the things we'll talk about during this getting healthy for the holidays. And he says he saw healthy eating on there. He's like, Dad, you're going to talk about healthy eating? And he chuckled. Why would you do that? Like, how are you going to do that? Um, Just for the record to show, I don't eat unhealthy. I just eat. Um, But, but, now I totally lost where I was at. (laughs) Um, But if we know at all healthy living, like working out and, and doing that kind of stuff, it's a way of life you choose, right? It's a way of life you choose, a series of choices you make, a, some decisions and discipline and some, some, uh, some, all that rolled into and then like nestled between a double bacon cheeseburger, snowballs, and a Coke, right? Like it's just like, you know, in and amidst everything that you have going on. But spiritual health for us isn't much different than, than physical health. Except that spiritual health, and, and, and this is a realization I've, I, I came to this week, spiritual health or getting healthy actually can lead us to areas in our lives where it seems like God isn't even caring for us. Like he isn't even there with us. We're like, we wonder if he's there experiencing any of it with us. I liken it to this. Uh, Heather recently Uh, thought she would leave the hospital and take a job, she's a nurse, take a job at a clinic where she was the advice nurse. Have you ever called the advice nurse as a parent? Like, it's the same answer every time. It's like, either come in or don't come in. Like, that's all you get. And you're like, are you even hearing me? Are you with me? Are you following me? Uh, Or like, uh, or even if you've taken your kid into the doctor at times, sometimes you got it. Like broken arm, my son just broke his arm recently. Like I I wasn't going to fix that. And they were like, take some ibuprofen. I mean, the thing was crooked. Um, No, but there's times where you take your child into the doctor and you you wonder if the doctor's even on the same page with you. It's like, oh, you're fine. Go ahead, go home. Or nowadays it's like, no, don't even come in. I know you have the flu. It doesn't matter. Like I can't help you. There's other things going on. Um, But... But uh, it seems like, and maybe even you've like WebMD'd yourself out, out into some realm that you're like, ah, and then he's like, no, 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 no. But for us, and the way God does this is uh, our, our, our sin response, I, I call it our sin response in recognizing God, is that in, in times in our life, if we're getting healthy with God, we're going to be still venturing in places where God's always there. He's always there. But he's going to kind of let us venture in the areas he doesn't want us to be in uh, until we're ready to give them up. Does that make sense? So um, uh, he's, oftentimes we are living our life, and, and maybe we're going to try to get healthy with God. And, 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 and in a sense, we want him to put a stamp of approval on a way of life or like agree with us on the way we're living our life rather than align our life with him. Like, that's what I call, like, our sin response to getting healthy with God. Like, he's not going to venture into the sin with us. He's there with us, yes, very much there with us, very much there to pull us back out of it. But we like the umbrella, like, we step outside of that umbrella and be like, I want to live out here for a little while, you know? And God will kind of allow us to do that. And when we're getting healthy with God, we'll look around and be like, is God even here? And we don't feel his presence because he's not— 
in line with the way that we're living. And then uh, adversely to that, if we flip it on its other end, we look at Joshua, uh, um, God having reminded Joshua, heir to Moses, like receiver of the milk and honey, the leader of God's chosen people at the time, God says on three separate occasions, Verse 5, I will be with you. Verse 7, I am with you. Verse 9, the Lord your God is, is wherever you will go. And to Joshua, and it's actually all throughout Scripture, God continually reminds us, I'm with you. Like, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I'm, I'm going to be there with you. Right? Old Testament, numerous times, God reminds us people. All throughout the New Testament, all the way up until Jesus' last words on earth, the Great Commission, sending the disciples out to be disciples and to make more disciples. Surely I will be with you till the end of the age. And, and I thought to myself, have you ever asked, your que- ever asked the question, why does God always have to remind them? I'm with you. I'm with you. And this is like Joshua, like Eremot, like Joshua, next in line to lead God's people. This is the disciples, like those that walked with Jesus hand in hand, foot in foot, and like, like got to see him like do those crazy miracles and like turn water into wine and like, like all that stuff. And he, and he continually, even with all that, had to remind them, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm with you in whatever you've got going on. And it's not, that's, God being with us is not connected to our health. God is always with us. But I believe that God reminds us because no matter where you're at physically, emotionally, spiritually, whether you're killing it from the pulpit or like, you know, whatever, wherever you're at, whether you're, you've decided to, I'm not going to call you out, but you decided to be lazy and stay at home and worship, like whatever it may be, like God is with you. And, and, and despite all that, no matter what's going on, God reminds us that he is with us. And I truly believe this. I want you to hear it because he knows at times, even if you're in the most healthiest positions and, and just killing that life, and like you're step in step with him, like you're prayed up, like worshiped up, like read up, like all that stuff, he knows that there's going to be times where you're going to feel like he's not there. Like he's abandoned you. Like, like even if you're there with him, that, that he's not with you. And he knew that you would feel that. And he knew that we would feel that. Even as believers and followers of him, he knew that we would feel that. And so he continually says, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And chances are, if, if, if we're willing, we all know that we need that reminder as well. We need that reminder. And, and oftentimes that reminder actually helps us take that first step towards some healthiness that God wants us to step into, some direction that God wants us to step into. And it often makes even that first step easier. I don't know about you, but the first step seems to be hard. It's, it's the faith that we have in God providing and God being there with us. But either way, that, 
it seems that first step is the hardest. And maybe it isn't for you. Maybe like, I mean, I know people who often can make that first step and then don't like just abandon. I mean, I, you know, we do that at January 1st, right? We're like, oh, we're going to work out. And we work out one day and we're like, ah, I'd rather watch TV. I don't know. But, but oftentimes that first step towards healthiness is the hardest step. And here's the deal. That initial step is often sometimes hard to take because we feel like we need all the answers. We need to know all the answers and need to know where that's going to lead us and where we're going to go. And, and I want to tell you that being healthy is not knowing all the answers. Being healthy is not knowing and acquiring all the answers. Uh, throughout this series, I'm going to sprinkle in some very practical ideas for you to be healthy during the holidays. So this is like your infomercial. This is separate. This is free of charge. This isn't really part of the message, but it's like you can take this with you and then I won't, won't charge you for it. I'll sprinkle them in here. Uh, the first healthy holiday practical note for us is uh, dealing with our family members. As you step into your family, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, I want to encourage you to not step into those times with family, which can sometimes be messy, with the stance of, I have all of the answers. I'm not going to make you raise your hand because none of us are going to admit it, but oftentimes we step into those moments of family and crazy Uncle Jeb and Aunt Karen and like whatever it may be, and we're like, man, I got all the answers and I'm going to really hit her with them this year. You know, like, and then we bring up politics and religion and all those things, and then it goes sideways, and somebody leaves dinner, and then, oh, wait, sorry. I didn't want to give you a glimpse of my holidays. Um, but no, don't step into your holiday time with all the answers. Be present with the people that you are at. Listen and, and, and care for the people that are there with you. Don't come in with all of the answers like you're going to solve everybody else's problems. Be there with the people, because ultimately they were all created in God, God's likeness with their own purpose that God has for them in their life. As for not having all the answers, uh, the, the relationship between Joshua and Moses is that uh, all throughout Scripture, uh, or not all throughout Scripture, during Moses' life there was times when they traveled, you know, when they were traveling around, they'd pitch a tent, and Moses would go into the Holy of Holies. And that's where you would go and hear, hear from God, and there'd be a cloud over the entrance, so nobody else would go in, and Moses would get the words from God, and then he'd come out and communicate that to the people. Joshua had never stepped into those tent of tents in the Holy of Holies. At the, or the tent of, tent of meetings is what it was called. But um, Joshua hadn't been that person that stepped into those. And, and he wasn't given the clear path as to how to exactly, like we're going to do uh, four miles east, and then you're going to take a hard left and do two miles, uh, two miles south. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then you're going to take like 150 steps, and you're going to be at the gate of the promised land. I'm going to like deliver you there. Like God, Joshua didn't have all the answers. He didn't have spiritually all the answers. Um, but yet God chose him and used him to walk his people into the promised land. He didn't have that clear path. But here's what God did tell him. This was the instructions he gave them. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Verse 7, only be strong and courageous. Verse 9, I have commanded you, be strong and courageous. Courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
be strong and courageous. Like you probably have a sign at your house, Kurt, uh, or I even have one at my house. Be strong. I mean, that's a great solid verse that God gives him as instructions. But what is that? What does it mean to be strong and courageous? I don't know. I've learned, <laughs> I've learned to be all right with saying, I don't know. I don't really, it's hard to grasp this idea of being strong. What I do know, it, 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 it isn't, you know, pulling up your bootstraps and like pressing forward and pretending that you're strong and courageous, right? And I think for us as Christians, as for us that's got like almighty God in our back pocket and like in a, in a stance of belief and understanding of this idea of like God is with me and that makes everything better, so I'm going to just pretend I'm all right. I'm going to pretend I'm strong and courageous. Or even as a guy, like I feel oftentimes like I have to be like, oh, I'm not afraid of anything. I actually have quite a few fears. But, uh, but the deal is, is that for us, I think it's hard for us to, to admit that we need God to walk us through what it means to be strong and courageous. And as much as we want to say everything's all right and everything's great, being uh, strong and not being strong and courageous is often uh, presents itself as stress, as anxiety, as uh, as depression, or as you know, like that's what we co connect it to. And I think if we were all honest with ourselves, like we'd be able to admit that we've been in those moments of anxiety and in in fear and uncertainty. Like the, the pain in your chest or the turning of your stomach. And I'm going to be honest with you as your pastor. Like I've, I live in this far too much. Like I need God's reminder and his presence of which I've told you I'm wrestling with. Of him leading us into that. So what about you? Church, there's going to be times where we feel weak where we feel anxious, where we feel stress, and where we have fear. Where we wonder where we're even going and how we're going to get to where we need to go. Have you been there before? Like this idea of like, where am I going in life? Or how am I going to get to where God desires me to go? We, like you, us, there's going to be times where we feel discouraged and we'll get there all people will actually get there I was listening to a uh, Denzel Washington the great theologian Denzel Washington um, not really he's a movie star if you don't know who he is um, everybody knows who he is he was giving a commencement speech at a university, and I don't even know the university or whatever. It came up on my Facebook thing, and Facebook thought, all right, you want to watch this. And then I fell for it, and I clicked on it. But he says this. In a sense, he says this. Your health and what is ahead of you, God has already promised you. Your health and what is ahead of you, God has already promised you. And that was powerful for me to hear because oftentimes I wrestle around those things and I have anxiety around those things. But in actually the way God works and what he, how he works with us is that he's already promised us what, what's in front of us. 
He wants to take us there. He wants us to enter into that with him. Right? Verse 7, it says, Only be strong and very courageous, being, uh, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, had commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on day and night, so that you may be careful to, to do according to it all that is written in it. God has already written in his story, meta-theme, large story, the promises that he desires for us to live out in our lives. He's already given them to us. By God's grace, by his grace for each one of us, he has promised us everything that we need. Everything that he desires for us. Again, when I talked about it, I almost said there, everything we desire. No, what we desire often is like maybe live outside of that a little bit, but what he desires for us. Listen to these verses. Verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. What God has promised you, no other person can take from you. Like, let me say that again. What God has promised you, no other person on this earth can take that from you. Do you believe that? Why do we give it away then in our lives? Why do we give away the promises of God because somebody demands it out of us or, or we just freely give it away? The promises that God has for you, no one can take away from you. What the network here at CDK has done for us is, uh, and part of the pastors have all kind of played a role in this. Uh, before we close, I want to introduce this to you before I give you my last point. But um, there's a spiritual health self-assessment. Uh, here in the back, uh, at the blue table, the middle table in the back, and then in the very back by the, the, the offering box uh, are these spiritual health self-assessments. They are also at grow.ctk.church. Uh, you can take it online. Uh, it, is it is anonymous. Like, they won't send it to me and be like, oh, look at that, you know. You'll put your email in there, and they'll send you your thing back. I have no idea. Uh, what I am going to do, and I'll tell you at the end of, the, at the end of this, is I'm going to invite us into conversation around this. But uh, I want to encourage you uh, over the next couple weeks at some point, maybe you can even do it today or you can do it like, you know, maybe your, your, your spouse is going to watch the Seahawks game tomorrow and then you can find something spiritual to do to be holier than them. And you could do this um, online. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that, Heather would do that and then be like, I did my spiritual health assessment during the Seahawks game. Um, and I'd be like, well, I fell asleep. Um, anyways, I want to encourage you to take the spiritual health self-assessment. Self all right? Uh, th what this isn't, this, 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 this isn't an answer. It's like you're not going to get the answers from taking this. What this is going to do is going to give us an understanding of where we're at on the journey with God. Um, this isn't like a one to ten assessment where like, oh, I got a, 
a C minus like I did in high school, like seven or a six out of 10. It's not gonna give us that either. It's gonna give us the tools we need to kind of assess where we're at heading into Christmas and Thanksgiving and things like that. It just fits with this series that we're doing. Um, they, uh, the network has had this out for a while, but it fit for us for right now. Um, uh, it'll give us a clear understanding of where we're at in the, in the journey and the next steps that we could take as followers of Christ to get healthy, to get healthy uh, in, our, in our lives. And so it talks about authenticity, biblical application, devotion, stewardship, integration. Like they're just some quick touch base questions on those. And what it's going to do, it's going to give us our understanding of where we're at in relation to God. And, and, and for us, Joshua had that. Joshua understood his relation to God, uh, and, 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 and he kind of stepped into that, into the promises that God had for him that we've looked at this morning. And for us, that's key, for us to understand where we are at with God and where he wants to take us. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Because I think if we're honest with each other, I can think uh, that um, we, can, we can truly believe that as, and, and this is universal, nothing to do with COVID, nothing to do with the last 20 months, but everything to do with following God is that we're on the cusp of whatever God has for us next. And if you are like me, uh, often... Oftentimes, it's, it's hard to take that step into it, but when I do, I can look back and be like, man, God really orchestrated that for me, and he kind of brought me into this better understanding or this way of life or this uh, season in my life. And I can begin to live that out at a higher level in accordance to what he has for us. So I want to leave you with this. Is there an area of your life right now where you have been wandering? You've been wandering for months, weeks, years, avoiding taking that step into, God, into what God has for you. Where are you at right now? And my question for you, how often have you been at that spot? <laughs> Oftentimes I've gotten to that spot. Numerous times only to back off the cliff and step away and then resurface back to that spot again. Where are you at right now and have you been there before? And for whatever reason, what has kept you from stepping into the promises that God has for you? I invite the band to come up and I'm going to close this in a prayer. Um, for God to just speak to our hearts and minds around this idea. Will you pray with me? God, we, uh, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your all-knowing, your omniscience, your, your, your all-present, your all-powerful, Lord. Lord, you know our hearts and our minds right now better than anybody in this room or better than anybody that we even have a human relationship with. Lord, help us to understand that. Help us to understand this idea of being known by you. 
Lord, help us to step into that vulnerability of what you're leading us into and how you're directing our lives, Lord. Lord, my prayer for us right now is that you continually lead us into the next thing that you have for us. Let you lead us into the promises that you have for us, that you lead us into the, the direction you want us to go, Lord. So this morning, as we close with these last two songs, and as we, as we go from here, may we go with this desire to pursue you as, as close to as hard as you pursue us, Lord, as we can. Lord, and in that, may you begin to do the work to bring spiritual health to our lives. And, and Lord, may we desire that. May we learn to desire that in our hearts and minds, Lord. Pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship.